the summer, uh, we went, uh, we took our students, 22 students to Tennessee uh, on, on a big youth camp, and there was over a thousand teenagers there. And uh, I just want to get, I just want to say thank you, and I want to let you know what God did. Some of you financially supported us, uh, and, and most of us prayed for us. And I just want to encourage you, there was a majority of our students would not have been able to make it if it wasn't for your financial support. And the things that we saw at this camp was incredible. Uh, there was moments uh, we were really close to just seeing full-on revival break out. We, there was times during worship, a thousand teenagers, this isn't counting the youth pastors and the vault, this is just a thousand teenagers. There was times where we would see teenagers on their knees, laid flat out on the ground, crying out to God. Uh, healing was taking place. Salvation was taking place. Uh, and not only that, what's really amazing, it's not just at this camp, but this whole summer, and as I talk to youth pastors all over the place and hear reports from other camps that take place, we are seeing God pour into our middle schoolers and high schools probably like never before. I hope you heard that right. Uh, we don't see this. We don't hear this. Uh, we see disaster on the news. We hear that the next generation, they've got nothing to offer. Uh, and I, not only are we seeing salvations all over the place, we're seeing God call them into ministry. I've never seen the intensity like I see it right now. And so we took 22 students, and over half of our students felt some sort of call in the ministry. Uh, and so we are beginning to work that. Some of our students are already stepping up and, and walking into that field. And so I just really encourage you, pray for these students. It's incredible what we saw God do. Two of our very own students put their faith in Christ, uh, and just healing took place. Students confessed of their sins. Uh, and when we see a move of God, it always starts there with that confession of sin. Um, and God just works through that. It's a realization that we need him. And we, we just, it was an incredible week. Like I just, it, words can't even describe. I just want to thank you for your support and your prayers. And just so you understand what's been going on this summer as well too. Our youth group has been great. We've had incredible times, incredible times with God. Kids ministry is going well. Uh, young adults had a great meeting last Tuesday night, a good start of the year. Uh, but I got to, I was invited to come help out at FCA football camp, FCA's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It was at Ava Maria. It was on nine football teams, uh, high school, high school young men, uh, nine teams from around the state of Florida. And uh, there was times where worship and we got to share our faith and share our testimonies. I worked with the Port Charlotte team. Uh, I got to be there with their coaches and pour into the team. They just had a coach who tragically died. He was a 27-year-old who just got married. Uh, he, just, he was found dead in his home. And so we were working with the team through this. Uh, but I want you to know, at this camp, we, we saw 401 high school football players put their faith in Christ. I mean, it was unbelievable. And it was a, a picture of our culture. So in the midst of all that, you have nine football teams crammed in together. So I probably broke up at least seven to eight fights. Um, <laughs> Heard words that I didn't even knew existed anymore, um, and, and so we are in the heat of that, and you just saw God do an incredible move, and I have one story I want to share. It really fits into the message today, um, so I just think, just be praying. God is moving, and then this Thursday, believe it or not, uh, I'm with, I work with Laley High School. Uh, I'm working with the Laley High School, uh, football team as well, and FCA is doing another big event. It's Night, Night of Champions, Thursday night. Just pray that God moves again on students. Nine local football teams are all showing up. I'm going to ride the bus with the Laley football team. Uh, we're going to have dinner together. There's going to be a worship, and then we're going to, they're going to share the gospel. And so we, last year they did it. It was an incredible impact. We're expecting even greater. As I warned, 
uh, the FCA guys that uh, every time God gets together in these environments with students, it's unbelievable. And that's why I'm excited for next Saturday for our students. So really be praying this week, Thursday and Saturday. And also, there's so much going on, but we want to just, uh, before I get started in the message, we want to pray for our teachers, uh, to encourage them as they're back, our students are back, pray for our parents, our homeschool parents, the staff at schools, um, all that's in full swing. So we just want to pray that God, I mean, God is reaching these students for a reason, uh, to really impact their community, their schools, their teams, and all the things that they do. And uh, so we're just going to join in time of prayer, and we also want to just remember to pray for Maui, what's going on over there with the fires. If you haven't seen that, look it up. It, it looks like a bomb went off, just the, the fires have taken off, and just unbelievable things that are going on. So they definitely need our prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all the things that are going on, all that you're doing. Uh, it's incredible to see what you're doing in this next generation. God, you are relentless for them. You love them so much. You are chasing after them if they like it or not. Um, you have a design for them, a purpose for them, and it is so fun to be in the midst of it. God, all I've ever prayed was just, God, I just want to be and see what you're doing. And I'm so grateful for that and our team that we have here at Venture. Uh, God, we just lift up uh, our teachers. We pray that you be with them, that you bless them. As I, there's teachers right in front of me right now, God. I pray that your spirit would empower them, would strengthen them. We know there is breakdowns of the homes, and there's just a reality of some parents just aren't parenting, and these teachers are feeling that. And so, God, I pray that you give them that wisdom and that strength uh, and let Christ shine through them. Be with our parents that do love you, Lord, and are doing all that they can, that you would empower them and strengthen them to love their kids and show them Jesus and all that they do. Be with all the school staff, the support staff. Bless them. Be with our homeschool parents that spend tons of time with their kids and teaching them you, God. And so, just be with us, God, and we lift up to you, Maui, God. We lift up uh, to you these people. Uh, so many have lost their lives already and I'm afraid the count's going to get higher. We pray that's not the case. And uh, God, just move mightily in the midst of that and show people your love and grace. And God, I just ask you right now as we get into the message today that, God, your spirit would just move and speak. Um, God, we need to hear your words. We need to be changed by you. We need you. So God, just show up this morning in a powerful way. God, just let us know that you're here. Let us know that you love us and soften our minds and hearts to the truth of who you are and what you have for us. And we just ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. So we want to continue the study in Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 32. And Psalm 32 is a psalm of wisdom. It's a little different than some of the others, but it's a psalm of wisdom and a psalm of instruction. And we know David's the author uh, so if you have your Bibles, go to Psalm 32. If you've got Bible apps, you can join us there as well, too. And it's going to be on the screen behind me. Um, does anybody here ever remember going to an old uh, sports stadium? Does anybody have any stories, an old sports stadium? And, you know, it was fun. It was great. You're there to see these athletes. But what there is a problem with these old sports stadiums. That's why they don't exist anymore. You would have obstructions. There would be this pool in front of you. There would be a sign the way you could be in a corner and you could barely see. Uh, and so they tear down these old structures so that when you come to the game, you can have this full view of the players that you want to see and the game that you want to see. And as we get into Psalm 32, it's going to talk about how we need to be willing to confess uh, to God our sin, not in a judgmental way that we're sinners, we need to repent, but God loves you so much. He wants you to just come to him. And he wants to bring you relief. He wants to bring you peace. He wants to bring you hope. 
when we carry sin around, it tears us down. And, and so like those old stadiums, when we're carrying sin around, we have an obstruction. We can't see God clearly. Does that make sense? Our view is obstructed. We miss out on the relationship that God fully wants us to have. And so I just pray today as you hear Psalm 32 and David, the author, that we just listen to the words of encouragement. We listen to the words that he's calling us to be better. He's calling us to come to him, and it's Christ who makes us better. So Psalm 32, we're just going to walk through it, and then we're going to come back into it and just kind of break it down. Uh, there's so much wisdom here. Uh, there's some fun things in here that I've never saw before, and I had a blast preparing for this. Uh, so Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped, as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous, seeing all who are upright in heart. And just as we walk through this, uh, uh, the title of the sermon is Don't Be Shy. Uh, I think for us, myself personally growing up, and people don't believe it now, but I was such an introvert. Um, I was so shy. Uh, and after today, I, I love this, but I will be exhausted because I'm up in front of you and inside I'm going crazy right now. Uh, but God is good. And so he taught me as a young man, don't be shy. And I, I battled with that through high school and college. And, and the spirit began to work and break in on me. And I want to come before God. I want to give him praise. I want to confess to him uh, my sin. I, I want to ask him for help. Some of us have a burden upon us, either because it's sin or it's because of hurt. And I just want you to know today, God wants to set you free. He wants to give you that relief, as David's talking about in the Psalms. Uh, and we know David understands uh, the joy. We know that scripture says David was after God's own heart, but also David knew the shame and guilt of sin, of unconfessed sin, as he committed adultery and he murdered somebody, in essence, he set that up. I mean, these are heavy, heavy things that David was a part of. He was a great king, um, but he had some severe sin issues, and it's a reality, hey, we all struggle. Even with the best intentions, we can struggle. We miss the mark. Um, and so we just want to kind of slow down, and I want us to walk back here through uh, verses one and two, and for my note takers, um, the forgiveness of sin, the fill-in is sin, but forgiveness of sin, and, and just you see the relief of it. This is verse one. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. 
Um, and it's really interesting. Psalm 32 kind of takes us back to Psalm 1. Pastor Tim talked about earlier when it starts out, blessed is the one. Psalm 1 talks about this idea that if I am focused on God and I live for God, there's two ways of life. It's for God or against God. And so there's some amazing themes that are interwoven here in Psalm 32. But just this relief, you know, blessed are those who are forgiven. Jesus, he wants to forgive us. He wants to give us that peace. He wants to take that, that guilt, that shame away. He wants to give you freedom in him. Um, and so some words we're going to hear throughout this passage is transgression, uh, which is all transgression, iniquity, and sin. It's, it's all the form of sin, but transgression, it's missing the mark of God's standard. It's missing the mark of God's standard. Sin, it's rebelling against God. And this one we really got to watch out for, iniquity. It's getting to the point where we're bent against God. We are defying God in our actions. We know what we should do, but we decide to follow along our sinful nature. We, we decide to do the things we know we shouldn't do. And we all struggle with that. We know what we're supposed to do. We, we see that in the New Testament with Paul, right? We know what we're supposed to do, but we do what we wanna do. But God is here to set us free. God's here to give us that peace. He's here to redeem us. Uh, and let's go to Psalm 32, three through four. When I kept silent, and this is why I encourage us, let's come before God today. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my, through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. And we know this really well. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Can I get an amen to that? We physically feel that, right? And there's moments that maybe some of you have been out in this heat or just getting in your car. It's on a blacktop and it's 120 degrees in your car. And you're like, I can't breathe, right? And so when we hold on to sin or we hold on even to hurt, that people's hurt us, if we hold on to those things, they weigh us down. And Jesus just wants to lift them off you. He wants to release you. He wants to give you that freedom. And I encourage you, listen to David here, because this is a psalm of wisdom and instruction. David's learned the hard way. And real wisdom is not learning the hard way. True wisdom is hearing truth from Scripture learning good advice from others and taking it to heart so you don't have to get caught up in the negative effects. For every parent, for any type of leader or anybody, it's a coworker, it's helping others, you know, we wanna give wisdom so that people can hear it and stay away from harm. God is not, he doesn't intend to be this wrathful God that wants to destroy us. He just wants to preserve our life. He wants us to live in his hope and his joy. He's not here to destroy us. He's here to give us life and life to the full. He wants to bless you and walk you through this path. And for anybody in this room that might not be a believer that doesn't quite yet believe in Christ yet, just the only way to have peace and contentment, it's through Christ. The only way to get that, that sin, that weight, that shame, that guilt off of you is only through Christ. And it's a beautiful thing to enjoy that love, to enjoy that grace uh, and so just the reality, David feels the weight of unconfessed sin because he was there. He tried to hide his adultery. He tried to hide this murder that he set up. He, he was shameful. He had to be called out upon it. And eventually he confessed. And some of us, we just carry around sin for too long. We carry around hurt for too long. And just give it to God. You're not gonna lose anything. You're just gonna gain life. Uh, and so let's go to verses five through seven. And this, verse six is incredible what David's actually talking about as you study this. But verse five, uh, the freedom of confession. 
Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely, surely the rising of the waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. When we confess, God brings that freedom. God desires to bring us that peace. He wants to give it to you, and he wants to give it to you today. Uh, this is really fascinating. Uh, verse 6, you know what David's actually talking about here in verse 6? He's going back to Noah and the ark. When it says, Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. He's going back to Noah's days. Noah built this ark. Noah was one of the last ones that realized that he needed God. The culture was so defiant towards God that, that because of Noah and he wanted more of God, he let Noah's family come into that ark, right? He built that and they were able to come into the ark and they invited others to come into that ark, but they just denied God. They made fun of, right? What do you mean your boat? This is the first time anyone's ever saw a boat. It never rained before. The water would spring up from the ground. It was a perfect environment. And then all of a sudden that day came. When that day came, when the rains came, there was something that was terrifying on that ark. That door was closed. That door was shut. There was no way in that boat. Those people had their chance, but that day came to an end. And no, that's, that's what David's talking about here. We need to come to the presence of God. We need to come to the shelter. We need to come to the protector because one day that door is gonna be closed again. Right now, the door is wide open. We're in a season of grace and salvation through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But one day, that door is gonna be shut. And we need to think about that and realize that if we don't know Christ and if we have people around us who don't know Christ, that door one day will be closed. This is what David's talking about. He's saying, come, come. We need to learn from this story. When those waters rose, Noah and his family were safe and protected. See, that's the freedom and protection Jesus desires to give to us today. That's what he wants to do in your life. He wants you, even though the world can be chaotic, even though your, your life can be, anybody ever feel like the week, it just went like that because it was so chaotic? Like that was a week for me today. Tuesday was my wife's birthday. My two younger kids went back to school. I moved in my daughter out of college. On top of that, I had youth group. And then we had a, a dolphin cruise what, Friday night, Saturday. We had a fun time with our kids. And here we are Sunday already, right? And some of you are like, tomorrow's Monday, right? Anybody like, oh my, what's going on? And so in the midst of our busyness and all the things and the chaos that's going on, Jesus is our protector. He's our comfort. He's our peace. He's just simply here with us today. Um, and verse seven, you're my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. Surround me with the songs of deliverance. And then uh, to our next point here, the joy of trusting God, uh, Psalm 32, eight through 11. I'll instruct you and teach you in the ways you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all who are upright in heart. Um, and again, so this is where we see the wisdom part, the instruction part picks up here in verse eight. 
I'll instruct you. I'll teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. It, what a beautiful, sometimes we get so desperate to the point where like, does God really know me? Does God really see me? Uh, even this summer, I was working with a parent who was really frustrated and they go, does God hear my prayers? And I just grabbed this dad and I said, yes, you know that. You know God hears you and you know God loves you and you know God is working on your behalf because he loves us, he cares for us. But we get those moments where we're frustrated and it says God, God's eye is on us. When we confess, when we ask for help, when we ask for, for guidance, God is always there. And even when we don't see it, God's always there. He's here. His eye is upon you today. Some of you today, he wants to set you free. Some of you today, he wants you to come into the relationship with him. Some of you today, he's here to give you relief, to bring that forgiveness to you. You just gotta say, God, here I am. Help me, forgive me, help me walk through this. Uh, it's a beautiful picture. And you know, verse 10, many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. I think that's the biggest advice. We just got to ask God for strength and we've got to get to the place where we can fully trust God because he's in control. He has you. It's amazing. I was, we look at the world and we see the news and negativity of the next generation. No one talks about that basically there is revival breaking out amongst teens. Uh, anytime, and I, I mean, at the, at, the ch at the church camp I was at, uh, at the football camp that I was at, I'm going to be honest, I never saw so much disrespect uh, in teenagers that I did, and I was really grateful for our teenagers as the beginning of it. There were teenagers cussing and messing with each other, and I'm like going back to my old high school days of linebacker mode, like, I'm going to have to start tackling some of these guys here pretty soon. And I was excited because our teens were, were a little different standard. And, you know, still some knuckleheads in there for sure. Uh, but then just the first night, as soon as we got into worship, God just was on them. And, and you see the hearts turn. You should have saw the tears. Uh, there was one night uh, the, the, the speaker had the pastor stand up and, and he would walk us through times, uh, uh, students, if they have had hurts or sins, that they would stand up and we would just go around and minister and pray for them. It was one of the most sweetest things I've ever saw, but I've never saw so many teenage boys just weeping. There was one teenage boy I prayed for and I, I go to move away to another one. He, he doesn't know me, he was from another church. He just turned and he just held on to me and he just cried right in my shoulder because he just felt the relief of Christ. And that's what Jesus wants to give. God is moving and working. Even when we don't realize it, he's at work. And when we begin to really spend time with God, spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see him at work. The choice is up to you. Are you gonna dive in or are you gonna miss out? And remember, that door one day is closing. Never forget that. God is a gracious, loving God. But one day, he, he's tired of sin. He hates sin, but he loves us. And so he's giving us all this time, all this grace to put our full trust in him, to ask for his forgiveness. For us as believers, you know, we have great intentions. We still fail. We still miss that mark. But, you know, we're not talking about here about you losing your salvation. We really believe here that when you ask Christ in your life, you're sealed. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's a deposit. You're sealed. But for us as believers, in the meantime, if we get caught up on sin, we have that obstructed view. We're just missing out on the fullness and the greatness and the love of God. And I just pray today you'll let that go. Give it to Jesus. Ask for that forgiveness. 
Let him set you free. And um, just, our, just to close up, our last three responses. Don't get too excited. There's three responses, so hold on. Um, but as we wrap up, the, the first two responses really come from the scripture. And the third response really comes from what I grew up seeing and what I'm seeing today. And it's a challenge for all of us. So don't throw anything at me later. Um, but the first response is salvation. You know, this is simple. We, I just want us to be equipped. And I want, if there's anyone in here that needs that freedom of sin, you need that guilt that shame, those regrets to be taken away, to have this life in Jesus, you can only have that in Jesus. If you find yourself as a, as a non-believer in Christ and you find yourself in a place where you have things, but you don't have peace, you might have things, but you don't have contentment, and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried, but nothing can ever fill it. The world tells us to fill it with alcohol, with drugs, or partying, or this, or that, or this car, or having this boat, or doing this, or losing this much weight, or having this type of fitness workout, it doesn't do it. It'll never do it. The only thing that can bring you that true peace is Jesus Christ. And this is a simple passage that we heard, but it's so powerful. And we know this passage, but John three sixteen. I just want you to hear the simple truth of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So remember, one day that door is shutting. Today the door is open. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, come through the door. We would love to see you in the kingdom of God for all eternity. Talk about a party, a celebration, a true party, a true celebration. The glory of God, unmasked, unveiled, for us to see, to walk in, to live in. And we have purpose there. This isn't done we're just getting started. We're just passing through, and we want to bring as many that we can into the kingdom of God. The second point is the second response is forgiveness. It's just asking God to forgive you of your sin. Some of us, and I saw it in our students this summer, uh, it was Monday night, and I'm at this camp, and God's just really hitting me hard. He spoke to me. Uh, not often is God. I um, uh, maybe two or three times could I really tell you that God has spoke to me in an audible voice. But that night he spoke to me in a really clear audible voice. Um, he, sorry, it gets, gets me a little bit, but he, he goes, are you willing to fight for this next generation like you've never had before? And I'd be, it was a question. And I, I was honest, I'm like, God, I fought pretty hard. I, I don't know what more you want me to do. And he goes, will you trust me? I go, yeah, I'll keep fighting. And so I just got on my knees and I'm praying and one of our young men's right in front of me and I see him got on his knees and I just went up and prayed over him and just to tears because he gave some unconfessed sin up to God. And just a beautiful picture, right? This beautiful picture of forgiveness. Forgiveness. That peace, that ease. And this is a passage I'm gonna read that's really meaningful to me because, uh, and it's gonna get into our third point. But, we got to understand when we have sin in our life, and it might not even be us yet. It could be our grandparents. It could be our parents. I want to begin to talk a little bit. This isn't from the passage. This is just a hot point for me right now. Uh, generational sin, generational curse. I grew up in that. I lived it. I saw alcoholism run through my family. I saw anger and rage run through my family. And I saw horrific mental health issues run through our family to the point where teachers and counselors, and I overheard it, this kid's not gonna make it. There was no reason for me to do what I do today without Jesus Christ. 
in this passage, when I found this, I put my faith in Christ as an eighth grader, and I found this passage, I have never let it go. Back to that football team I was working with, I got to share my testimony, and I got to share that how Jesus can cut off these past sins. And after I shared this, and that we don't have to be like where we've come from, our, our sins, our parents' sins, they can be cut off in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to ride on us anymore. And for me, I realized that, and I, enough of the mental health issues, enough of the alcoholism, enough of the rage, it's gonna stop in the name of Jesus because that's the power of Christ. And I, and I learned this in here, and I shared that testimony of these students, 20 high school football players, one by one, get up, and they talk about how their dads have beaten them. They've talked about how their dads or their uncles have all gone to prison. They've talked about how nobody in their family has ever uh, went to college. And when they begin to realize that in the name of Jesus, they could cut off those things and be free in Christ. High school guys up there, big guys. One guy's got an offer to Alabama. I got to hang out with this guy, big defensive, just massive dude. And he just rolled right through people. It was a joke. Uh, I would talk to him like, you're bored right now, aren't you? And he goes, oh yeah, there's nobody here who can play with me. Uh, but these were the guys that, I mean, these guys are some dudes. And it was a blast. And these guys got up there and they're just in tears because they needed to hear that, that they can be free of all this garbage that they've grown up in. And some of us, and we don't even realize it, we're passing on sin to our kids. And, and maybe we don't realize it, maybe we do, but today's a day to lay a line in the ground. Today's a day to say enough's enough. Because I grew up seeing the negativity, and I look at my wife and I look at my kids, they don't have that negativity. Because of one decision made for the name of Jesus say, nope, this ends here. In Isaiah 53, is four and five. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. When those students heard that, when I heard that, that changed everything. That Jesus paid a price by his wounds that we are healed, not just physical ailments, but spiritual issues, sin. We are healed in the name of Jesus. And I just want you to know there's so much power, there's so much hope in that. If we're struggling with the sin, if maybe I've passed on on a sin, oh my gosh, my grandfather, my dad did this, and I'm doing it, and now my kid's witnessing it, it's time to step up and ask Jesus to cut it off. We have authority and we have power in the name of Jesus. It's time for us to stop being lazy and it's time for us to stop just making bad choices. It's time for us to step up in Jesus and ask for his power and his strength to cut off these things. And if you're in here as a student and you've seen your parents passing things down to you, be the one that makes a difference today in the name of Jesus. And it's only through Christ. Cut it off today. And if you're a parent and an adult that's negatively affected people, it's time for you to wrestle through that. It's time for you to ask for forgiveness. It's time for you to talk to that kid or to that person and say, you know what? Jesus has set me free and I don't want you to be affected. We have the power in Christ to do that. We have the power in Christ to be set free. And then the, the final response, it just kind of rolls into what we're talking about, cutting off sin. I just want us to close with this idea. It's time to cut off sin. It's time to cut off these generational curses. 
It's time to ask God to forgive you of your sins so you can just be free in him. And this comes from Deuteronomy. This comes from the Ten Commandments. And this is an incredible passage of what sin can do and what salvation can do. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 10. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. And we know the only way we can keep the commandments of God is by asking Jesus into our life and the Holy Spirit empowers us because he has so much grace for us. And that word iniquity I talked about earlier that was that bent towards God, that turning away from God, when, when it says that those who hate me, there'll be a curse upon their kids of the third and fourth generation. You know, that's when we get to that iniquity and we start walking away from God, doing our own thing. Like, hey, God's got me, but I'm gonna go over. We gotta be careful. We need to ask God to show up powerfully. He can overcome our issues, Amen. My mom was severely mentally ill, and God miraculously healed her. Don't tell me God can't work. Seen it firsthand, and I've seen it all my life in ministry, and seeing students set free, parents set free, adults set free. Jesus can do it all. It's time to get our eyes off this world that brings us so much hopelessness and lostness and put our eyes on Jesus who protects us in the waters when they rise. The door's open. He's saying, come on the boat. I'm your protector. I'm here to be with you. And for some of us, it's time to look and go, oh my gosh, this has been running in my family. It's time to cut it off in the name of Jesus. And and all that looks like is your faith in Jesus and saying, Jesus, let's cut this off. I need you to cut this off in my life. I need you to cut it off. He'll do it because by his wounds, we are healed by his blood. If you're dealing with sin, if you're dealing with laziness, if a lack of obedience Jesus came out of the tomb. I think he can help you, right? He can help you with any situation. It's time to trust him. Ask him to begin to help you. Um, and this again, Isaiah 53, 5. We already read it, but, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. This is prophetic. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, This was a prophetic word. And if you're having a hard time believing in Jesus, read Isaiah 53 and realize that is about Jesus. And he took care of every one of those statements. He fulfilled them for you and I to have this freedom. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for an amazing passage like Psalm 32. God, we can read scripture and we can just go over it and miss so much in these passages. God, just in these passages alone, we the, this heart was felt from David of his victories and his failures. And he talks about Noah and the ark and goes back to the Ten Commandments and all these amazing paths and journeys that we can find in a simple text. And it's not simple, it's life-changing. God, I pray for us in here that are believers right now that we may be struggling with a sin that 
we keep coming back into it. Holy Spirit, come meet us right now. Jesus, show them that you're here. Show them if it's a weakness, if it's a sin, if it's a hurt that somebody's hurt them and they've been carrying it around for all these years. Jesus, you're here to set them free. God, give us all the ability to confess our sins to you, confess the hurt that we're holding, and ask to be set free in the name of Jesus. God, let us enjoy that freedom. Let us not be afraid. Maybe we need to cry right now. Maybe we need to get on our knees right now. Maybe we need to ask somebody to pray for me right now. Let us not be shy. Let us not be shy because you're here, God. You love us. You went on that cross and you got out of the tomb. You were dead and then you were alive. Your peace is here. That weight, that shame, that guilt, give it to them. Stop acting like you've got it all figured out because none of us do. Jesus, you're the only way I can take one step in front of the other foot each day. God, I thank you for breaking into me as an eighth grader and showing me your love. I had so much anger and rage and hopelessness. You gave me peace. God, just give us the ability to come to you and ask for forgiveness. We don't need to make a scene. We don't need to jump around. We just need simply to say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me, help me. That's the name and the power of Jesus. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you don't have hope, and you don't know what's gonna happen to you when you die, God, make yourself known to them right now. And you have to believe that Jesus was fully man and fully God. That he was born, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again. He performed miracles. He showed himself after his death. His critics even wrote, not only in the Bible, but in other documents, that Jesus had to be God. You proved yourself. God, make yourself known to that person right now that needs you as their Lord and Savior. If you're in this room and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can pray this prayer with me quietly. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take away the weight of my sin. Jesus, give me peace. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Sinner. Take away my sin. You prayed that prayer with me. Thank you. God, just be with us. Bless us. And I'm going to ask every eye closed and head down. And if you prayed that prayer to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just me watching, can you put your hand up if you put that faith in Christ today? Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for how you clearly speak. Five souls just enter the kingdom of God today. God, right now for us that are dealing with that weight, I'm yours, God. Take it. Take it away in the name of Jesus. And maybe some of us in this room, you want to take a stand in your life, in your family's life, and you want to cut off some sin. 
Just ask Jesus to do it in his name. God, as we sing this last song, it's a beautiful song. I'm so excited to sing it. And God, I pray that for some of us, we just need to continue to be in a place of prayer. Do that. Talk to God. Ask him to bring that freedom to you. If you need to grab one of us, do it. God, I love you. Let your spirit continue to work. And we just ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. And before we sing, if you've one of the ones who raised your hand and put your faith in Christ. Pastor Roger's going to be outside and he has some materials for you to help you in this walk with God because we all need it. We all learn. We all grow. I've been doing this for 23 years and I read this passage over the last few weeks. I learned a bunch of new things and I just loved it. We grow in God. So I encourage you, let's stand, let's worship. If you need prayer, just talk to God. If you want to grab one of us, come grab us and we'll pray with you. God loves you so much.